Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's no secret, greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. GapTaz.org.au Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. Welcome to the show for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today. GapTaz.org.au. Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves and Bailey Kenzie with you. How are we guys? We're all feeling a little bit tired this morning. Big week for... Big week for the crew. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing well. Just tired. Got my coffee on. Got my coffees. Absolutely. Everyone's Bailey's happy. now got his mic on. But yeah, I've got my mic on now. Which is a real shame. Oh. You've, you've, <laughs> you've given up on the plan. You've given up on the plan there, Holly. The <laughs> plan was to let him roll for 15 minutes without his mic on. But anyway, <laughs> we're here. Here we are. We're here with the two youngsters. How was everyone's week? Yeah, right? good. 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 No menti bees this week. No menti bees this week. That's good news. So far. So far. Good. If Very my mic good. was off, I might have had one. Yeah, I know. We would have had a proper one. Jeevesy, how's sure. your week? I'm, I'm drowning in admin uh, at the moment. Oh, yeah, so, you did say um, that yesterday. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, it's what happens when you're sloppy and you procrastinate and you let it roll for the quarter and... You know, I think it's just I've got to play... I've been playing catch-up, which isn't much fun at all. So, my, my feelings are with... And thoughts are with everyone out there that um, is battling those end of quarter blues yeah. because I'm dying. Yeah, me too. I feel you. And um, Jeeves, will pay you 50 bucks if you do it all for it. Come and do it more. <laughs> There's more in the kitty. Yep. All right, Bailey. We've got a lot of news to get through. Obviously, um, first one off the rank has to be AFL. What the bloody hell is happening with that? Well, yesterday was the deadline for the AFL club presidents to hand down their verdict as to whether they would be in favour or against a Tasmania being granted a 19th licence. So um, I guess something pretty bad or disastrous would need to happen for the state not to be granted a licence from here on in. Uh, The government has put forward an offer of $12 million per year for the first 12 years. Um, That would mean a $60 million contribution up front as well, which would be used to fund a high-performance centre. So the oil from the proposal uh, to the presidents, whose, like I said, preferences were finalised yesterday afternoon, is the majority of them are supportive of a 19th team. So that really leaves one thing, and that's the stadium as the sticking point. So yeah. Macquarie Point, like we know, is the site that's being um, being considered, um, and that's that's sort of the one they're going to be working around. The state government's committed to covering $375 million, which is half the cost. That leaves a bit left over, approximately half, which we know has to come out of the pocket of the feds or private backers. So I'm yet to hear anything in relation to private backing. I don't know if, if you guys have heard anything in the works. No, no I haven't. No, Certainly haven't been asked yet. No, no, no offers. Yeah, they're not coming down, knocking on my door. <laughs> yeah. Bring it, Craig Hutchinson. <laughs> SEN Stadium. Yeah. Well, um, also, um, we know that Albo and, and our man, Jeremy Rockliffe, Premier Rockliffe, have been talking on the DL 
but the feds are yet to receive any kind of formal proposal from the, ta- from the state government, um, and that was confirmed yesterday by Labor Senator Carol Brown. So there's no formal proposal being put to the federal government yet. There's $375 million, I wish it was $375, (laughs) remaining. So um, this could probably lead to two potential entry points for Tasmania into the competition, one that's contingent on the building of a stadium and one that's not. So you'd think the AFL would have to be pretty generous to grant Tasmania a licence with no contingency based on a stadium. In my view, it's likely that they'll they'll cast that... um, license offer with the condition of building and funding and costing that stadium because it really is the driving force behind it. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts but what one thing's for sure we won't hear anything from Premier Rockliffe in the next week he's heading to Vietnam and Singapore on a trade mission so there'll be a bit of radio silence oh, until he's back. Oh I thought he might be back. going on a little cheeky little holiday. No no holiday. He's doing a little scomo no off he goes. Ho- <laughs> no Hawaii for Rocky he's, he's very much on a work trip but yeah radio silence expected over the next week or so Oil is, everyone, or the majority, are in favour and the stadium's left as the sticking point. So, this, so let's just say this all happens and we get the stadium all good to go, we get the tick-off, it's all happening. How long, in your opinion, do you think it will take before we are there at the first game? Well, there's a, I, I would say six years yeah. would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a few different ideas floated. One that would see an entry into the VFL before the AFL as okay. kind of a trial run, yep. um, before blooding that Tasmanian team into the competition. But I would say, yeah, six years, 2000, 2028 would be yeah. a rough sort of time when you can expect to see the first ball bounce with a, a Tasmania Devils ruckman there ready to punch it. So, so I think I think Bar's one of the biggest challenges is, um, well, the, one of the biggest challenges is the stadium, obviously. But then surrounding that with appropriate infrastructure to make it work. So it would need to come with light rail from the northern suburbs um, to alleviate the traffic congestion. It would need to come with um, uh, better access roads into the city um, and then out of the city. So if you're coming from the eastern shore, uh, that bridge but and get that... Get rid of these one-way streets. And that... Well, that means a complete remake of the city, doesn't it? I'm okay it? with that. Mm. I'm sick of the one But it comes with big cost is the, is the challenge. It so does. Even, even the, any thought to, to light rail or um, increasing public transport systems and services and, and infrastructure for, for roads and better access to the bridge, is the bridge capable of having 11,000 people come across it in the space of an hour? Like, there are some, Let's try. There are some enormous well. challenges... <laughs> And one of the we biggest don't really want to one of the biggest there. reasons why people don't go to Blunston is because it's a nightmare to get out of. You, you can sit in your car for forty five minutes to an hour and not move anywhere. And so this, the exact same thing is going to happen. Yes, there'll be underground parking at the at the new stadium. It may well have a roof, but getting in and out of the place is going to be an absolute disaster unless an enormous amount of money is spent on ensuring that the infrastructure is it supports it appropriately. Yeah, I think you're absolutely you're bang right. on, Jeevesy. And we know it's not a bottomless pit. It's not just going to be a stadium. It's going to be a sports, arts and entertainment precinct. That whole Macquarie Point site is a major development. There's also an Indigenous reconciliation project that is in the pipeline there. So a lot of different things to fit in there. And like you said, that's before we even tackle the component of interconnectivity, which is it. so essential All to a stadium. All of it's terrific. Like, I mean, the, the, the mm. stadium would be phenomenal. Mm. But... Mm. 
the, it has to come with with um, an increase in in roads and access, uh, and it's more money. Who funds that? Is it state government? Is it federal government? So whilst there's talk around. 375 million required. The government's tipping in a, a huge amount of money. It's going to come at more cost. And the biggest fear, I think, for the Tasmanian public is at what cost to health, education, mm. homelessness, all the all the things associated to that. So yes, we'll, we'll we'll see an increase in the economy and jobs, and and that will have a flow-on effect into into these spaces, but not not enough. And you know, I've been saying from the start, I think that that is. The single biggest concern for the Tasmanian public is that there is a figure and I reckon we're at the figure. As soon as you start talking about infrastructure costs and and the potential of a new bridge or an increased lanes to the existing bridge, because realistically that's what needs to happen, um, then then it's, 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 it's got too big. So significant infrastructure costs affiliated with the stadium, probably another... Speed hump that the state government is going to have to overcome at some huge, point. Huge, huge problem. Yeah, I think... Our man Alex Johnston made a pretty good point yesterday, and I don't want to get his words mixed up at all, but the budget, this this argument in relation to funding for health and those kind of areas, they have massive, massive billion-dollar kind of budgets such that the addition of a few hundred million dollars, how much of a difference is it going to make? I think AJ made that kind of similar point. Is it going to affect health that greatly, that extra couple of hundred million dollars, Maybe it's it's arguable. Well, it's a very sure. small propor- not, it's a very uh, small proportion of the pie. I'm not a numbers man, and I think that's part of the challenge is that mm. the, the the majority of the Tasmanian public probably don't understand economics mm. well mm. enough to be able to uh, pinpoint that that type of discussion. But I certainly don't. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, we have enormous challenges as a society across these spaces that are impacting people's lives significantly, mm. um, and you know, can you can you can you justify even regardless mm. of what impacts? Mm. Can you can you neglect that level of impact for the sake of a dream? And you know, and I, I, I'm I'm just not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. And the counter argument is how much of a positive flow on economic effect is it going to have having the stadium there, having the additional money flow into Tasmania? It would want to have the, a significant. Yes, because they're going to have to cost the the money that they're borrowing plus the interest added on top of that. And that's but a guess. There's, there's multiple. Revenue streams that are going to come as a result of that. We know there's going to be additional. There'll be an influx of tourism. There'll be an influx of infrastructure. That means contracts for builders. That means more money flowing around our economy. That means more tax being paid. And by by flow-on effect, more money for things like healthcare. It is, it is an expansionary policy to invest so heavily in something like an AFL team. But really interested if anyone is out there listening, texting mm. your thoughts. Yeah, it's a really It's a really fascinating intersection of politics and, and sport regardless mm. of where you sit. It is interesting. Anyway, keep us updated on that, please, Bailey. Will do. Jack jumpers. Jack jumpers. Well, Jeevesy, it's a it's a bit of a double-edged sword. The clappers have been used minimally <laughs> so far because the jack jumpers really are yet to find their march. They went down by six points to New Zealand overnight, and that's now three losses on the trot for the Jackies, two of those being on the road. Regardless of the result, it was pretty insane atmosphere there in New Zealand. It was the first time in 489 days that the Breakers have been able to host an NBL contest yeah, due to COVID. Of so New Zealand, they were they were up early, 15 to five in the first quarter. They pulled that back to a margin of, of seven points in the first break. Mm. Milton Doyle was two and five from the arc uh, by the second quarter. 
Um, that third quarter was really quiet, only 17 points between the sides, which was one of the lowest scoring quarters in NBL history. It must be said, though, that Tasmania's defensive effort was pretty solid. They kept the breakers down to 25 points in the second half, which was a stark contrast from that recent outing against Cairns. Jared Weeks, one of the co-vice captains, well, he nailed a pretty sensational shot from downtown to put the Jackies within two going into the final break. But that slow start really did cost the Jack Jumpers. They've got a big game tomorrow against the Brisbane Bullets at home. That's going to be an absolute cracker with two NBA players in Brisbane's lineup, or two former NBA players, Aaron Baines and Tyler uh, and Tyler Johnson. Um, might have to help me out with that name there, Jeeves. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as on last night, Jack McVeigh finished pretty well with 19 points and mm. six rebounds, and Rashad Kelly 13 points. But yeah, that slow start has cost them and. It's only going to get harder with Sunday's contest, Jeevesy. Well, yeah, they've looked they've looked completely out of sorts, hasn't they? Haven't they? Cairns killed them, thirty nine points in the mm. third quarter. Was it the third quarter? That's second right. quarter. Um, I think they hit nine of 13 threes, which is a little unfortunate. You don't expect a team to, to catch fire like that. They were draining them from everywhere. Um, and then, again, maybe a little unfortunate last night to face the Breakers at home first time in 480 days, yeah. you said. So pretty wild atmosphere. But yeah. even still, there, there are some real challenges for them. And, and on paper, I think we all, we all looked at, at the ins with, with Doyle and Kelly. Um, offsetting uh, Majette defensively, um, both those guys um, probably yet to, to really fire a shot. Mm. Um, Majette's looked a little out of out of sorts, out of sync. He hasn't, he, you know, he hasn't found his shot. Um, that playmaking hasn't quite been there for him as well. Doyle's looked the playmaker to be to be fair at this stage, um, and so they'll be they'll be hoping that Magne comes back and fires. Uh, Steindl comes back and and finds his shot quickly. Um, and I think they're missing, you know, Sam, McDon- Sam McDaniel's defensive presence has, was really consistent last year. Um, so still with those three guys yet to come back in, uh, there are some, some positive additions, I guess, to come. But certainly in the first three games, it's, it's been a pretty disappointing effort. Even with those players coming back into the fold, are the Jack Jumpers missing something? Is there a missing piece to this puzzle? And if so, where is that? Is, is it a playmaker? Where, they're missing it? a really big human being. Um, certainly... Um, <laughs> and and this isn't uh, this isn't to sort of downplay the efforts of um, Fabian Krislovic because he he plays he plays out of his lane you know he he plays as big as he possibly can he's a big dude but um, you know even if you look at at the back end of last year we we were getting manhandled down low and you know, we're really lacking uh, a big man to to kind of create that that inside outside game so you can get it down low to someone the defense collapses and you can shoot it back out for some for some open jump shots that's been a missing part so far in saying that Krislovic was excellent against Cairns. i think he was almost our leading scorer with 13 points um drained a three at the at the end of the third quarter but uh, Magna is going to be really important, um, and you just hope that at some stage Majette, Doyle, and Kelly can start to find a bit of a rhythm. Um, the, the most dangerous play so far has been the, the Doyle-Kelly two-man game, um, and whether they, they just go to that until both those boys find a bit of, a bit of sync with the team um, and, 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 and with each other, um, because that that's... Well, from what I see, is, is the biggest challenge at the moment is getting the ball in the hole. And Jeevesy, you've been training with the Jack Jumpers. They're now 0 3. When do you get a run? Well, I've been. Um, I'm down with the gas squad, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, you missed we, last you week. Missed last oh, okay. week, actually, because yeah. we spoke to Christine over at the Jack Jumpers, and we've decided because um, Jeevesy was very upset that 
you didn't make the Taz gas squad. Well, but the feedback on my game was that my footwork was exceptional. Oh. So they said, look, you're probably better suited to the dance team. Um, yeah. So taking yeah. some taking some feet just, from your cricket, excellent footwork. We're, we're just we're just waiting on some tights just, to, yeah. to specially made tights big enough to fit me coming in from. I think they were coming from China, were they? So, well, uh, a couple more losses and a bit of express post, and you might get a run <laughs> yeah. for the Jackies, Jeevesy. But uh, they well, need they need something, and we'll like, like I said, they have been a bit stiff. I think that some circumstances have gone against them, but uh, hopefully tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, they yep. hit the hit the winner scoreboard. Well, we'll be there. We'll be there. I'll have my clappers out uh, as much to your dismay, Jeevesy. We'll be back after this. We've got plenty more news from Bailey uh, after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. For Taz Racing, racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right, Saturdays in Tassie, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves and Bailey Kenzie with you this morning. As always, uh, if you have anything you want to, you know, put your put your two cents in, we always love to hear from our listeners. Please do um, text in, let us know what you think. We've been having a bit of a debate off air as well about this team and, and what it means for um, for Tasmanians. But as always, text us in 0437 552 Bailey, what have you got for us next? Are we going to cricket? We're going to cricket. So we've got Premier Cricket and Jeevesy will be really thrilled that he won't have to listen to me harp on about the uni <laughs> boys today because they their round two has been pushed back to next week because of ground availability. But nonetheless, without uni, it's still going to be a bumper round two of Premier Cricket. Round one was somewhat of a, a strange affair with a, with a few upsets and the cobwebs have been well and truly dusted off going into round two. Let's have a look at Newtown taking on Great Greater Northern. So last year's Premier's Newtown, I guess they'll look to have licked their wounds a little bit after being dusted by the mighty Uni boys. There, I got one in. And they have had an opportunity to, to make it one and one today when they play the Raiders. The Bucks they've made a couple of changes. The switching of the keeper, Sam Wright goes out. He's replaced by Jack DiVenuto and also Brad Lovelock coming into the fold for them. They'll have to be wary, though, of the Raiders, who've got a number of really strong players, and they had a pretty disappointing opening round. They've got players like Anthes, uh, Sam Omani and Alistair Taylor, AT, all making starts, but not really going on. Charlie Easto, of course, is dangerous. He missed out last week, and he'll be looking to go big today. They'll be looking to cash in at Riverside, so that'll be a bumper contest between Newtown and the Greater Northern Raiders. Looking down south, Kingborough will be taking on Lindisfarne. Uh, the Knights will play host to the Farnies at the Twin Ovals. It's going to be a bit of a flatter deck this week, depending on which surface they use, with several games having been played on it last week. Kingborough has named a pretty much unchanged 11 that helped them secure that round one win over Sandy Bay. One of their dangerous players will no doubt be the ambidextrous sensation Nivithan Radhakrishnan, who had an absolutely... Uh, we had a decent start, decent opening round. He took two for 30 and scored 21. But for Niv, that's only an average game. He's got some pretty big aspirations. He's looking to push you know, into higher honours. He played a shield game for Tassie last year. I think he'll be looking to go big today. Jeeves, have you seen much of, of Niv play? Have you come across him? Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, his batting's quite sound. I, yeah, I really like his batting. I think as a, as a bowler, um, he's young. And when he... Uh, I, th- I think for him, it's going to be about his physical development. So... Um, it, how can he impart more revs on the ball, um, you know, and quite a, some, be a little bit more of an impact bowler? So he's quite 
quite defensive at the moment. He bowls quite flat, uh, but certainly huge, huge fan of his batting. Really surprised by his batting, to be honest, last year. He's got plays shots all around the wicket and uh, certainly a prospect of the future. He's an absolute package and definitely a game winner for them. The Farnies have, have named Evan Williams uh, to make his debut. He's an overseas player hailing from the north of England, uh, having represented Durham at county second 11 level. Um, he's a solid left-handed top-order batter. The Farnies are without Jared Freeman this week, though, so a few changes there, and I guess that's the sort of thing that a shield contest can bring about. It can upset club cricket. Um, and looking down to Clarence against North Hobart, it's probably going to be the highest-quality game of the round. Um, Clarence will, you know, they'll look to have put together a potentially premiership-winning bowling attack, I'd say, Jeeves. When they're at full strength, they've got the likes of Sam Rainbird, and Lawrence Neil Smith, they're representing Tasmania on the big stage, Rainbird's 12th man. So I'm not sure if he's able to come back and play. We'll have to wait and see. The likes of Sam Leon, Joel Size, and their spinners, Harry Allenby and uh, left arm wrist spinner Clint Hinchcliffe, will all have to play an even bigger role than they did last week. So they've got a, a really outstanding side, Clarence Jeeves. I think they've got the batting, they've got the bowling, they've got it all sorted, really. They've got Michael Jones, who's been a mainstay with the gloves. He's played a lot of second eleven cricket for Tasmania, and along with University and North Hobart, I'd say they'd be sort of those three teams in Premiership mix. Certainly at full strength, I think those those three teams are in the mix. The, the challenge, I think, for, for sides that have a large number of state players is what happens when they're not there. Mm. Um, and so, you know, Clarence are finding out at the moment where the, that it's Joel Size and spin is, is going to have to be the way forward. Um, they saw Isaac Solder take a huge leap last year um, and I was surprised to see him not named. He might be injured. Um, and then, same for North Hobart. Their, their team, they've got three or four new players have, have, have entered the fold this week, but you bring back a, a Silk and a Jewel and uh, Ian Carlos back playing. Uh, Tom Rogers, I think he might be playing as well he's, this week. But you know, for one day duties, he's he's in and out. So how how do you replace those guys? It's a, it makes it really difficult. You want to hope that your depth is is really strong. You've got some strong twos players that are happy to happy to bide their time in second grade and and wait for their opportunity for the state guys to take off. So that 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 is the biggest challenge I think for for clubs that hold three or four state players. But uh, when they're in, they are match winners. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a really, it's an interesting double-edged sword. You're right there, Jeeves. And yeah, the answer really is depth. North Hobart, on the other hand, of that contest, they've blooded New South Wales-based wicketkeeper batsman uh, Aidan Barriel. He originally comes from Manly in Sydney. He's played for Sutherland and North Sydney as well. Uh, he's a damaging batter. He hit a half century in the opening round of New South Wales uh, Premier First Grade cricket this year. Um, he's played uh, Australia under-17s and he's been all through the system with New South Wales under-19s. So he's a pretty promising wicketkeeper batter and I think that's probably one space that Tasmania's got open on their contract list at the moment if the right person comes along as a young wicketkeeper batter. They've got a lot of wicketkeepers by way of volume, not necessarily many wicketkeepers coming through the ranks uh, to take that next step who are of a younger age. Probably another a talking point for another day, though. Their other danger players would include, like you said, Tom Rogers. He's in superb form, and in my view, he's pretty unlucky to be without a Tasmanian contract, given what he's brought to their one-day side over both this year and last year. He played a few games as well and was upgraded to their contract list. It's just a bit bizarre that, you know, when there's a large number of Tasmanian contracted players who can't get a game and he's in their best 11 for the white ball format, why is he not on their list? I think, I think that works well for Tom, to mm. be honest. He's a, he's a teacher by trade, um, so works by day out of, out of Guildford Young. Um, 
So you know, he makes his makes his full time salary and ticks away with the cricket, and he'll he'll have a big bash contract with the Renegades, yeah. I think. Um, so if he can play enough one day games, he gets an upgrade into the into the cricket Taz contract. So um, he's eating all the cake at the moment in, t- in terms yeah. of really maximising, um, you know, his salary potential, I suppose. And, and I think for Tom too, he's had he, he had a really good stint in the system. I, I think I think he's the sort of guy that kind of likes. Um, running his own race a little bit. So he, he, he'd be really enjoying, I think, the opportunity to work full-time and um, you know, apply his trade through the Renegades and, 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 and some cricket on the side. It's a good point. I'd be really interested to hear if he was offered a contract. But nonetheless, it's going to be a bump around of, of Premier Cricket this week, Holly. You're all over the cricket. Isn't it great? <laughs> Summer's just around the corner. Yes. Good, good weather. The better sports being played. Yep. Good times. It's exciting. Speaking of cricket, during the show uh, today, we have three family passes to give away. The family passes have five tickets within each of them uh, to West Indies versus Scotland um, coming up very soon. So we're going to give them away to some of the best texts that come through today. So do make sure if you've got, you know, you want to throw in your two cents and for doing so, you might just win some tickets to get to the cricket. So text us in today, 0437 And we've got a little bit of hockey and athletics to cover off before we go, but we'll get to that after this. It's no secret, greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. GapTaz.org.au Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. That's right. Saturday's in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves and Bailey Kenzie with you this morning. Before you go, Bailey, you've got a little bit more for us. You've got a packed out schedule as always. I just love it. You're always bringing us all the best news. What have you got? Well, Jeeves, you'll be glad I didn't. My mic's not off because I've brought about half an hour's worth of content here. But (laughs) (laughs) No, we've got a bit of hockey. The Tigers have, have got a massive set of games tomorrow. In the hockey one, uh, it's tomorrow night against the Adelaide Fire in Adelaide. Edie Ockenden is once again named for the men's. The women's have named nine debutants. They're looking pretty strong, though, with their experience. They've got a few American imports, uh, Brooke DeBerdin, uh, Cassie Sumfest, and uh, Gillian Walgamuth. God help me with those names. My pronunciation was, was struggling there. Um, but if the atmosphere is anything like the opening games that were at the Hockey Centre here in Newtown, it's going to be one hell of a night. Both those games are viewable on KO Sport. Athletics is also in the mix. Um, Jack Hale, a pretty well-known um, pretty well-known runner across Australia, obviously ran, I think it was that 10.51, which is the one of his, I think it was his age group record. Yeah, cool. Um, he's originally from Tasmania. He spent a few years in Melbourne, and now he's come back to Tasmania um, as he eyes off the Paris Olympics. He's awesome. going to be eyeing off a final spot there as well. I think he needs to run 10, I believe it's 10... 08 was the target time that he set for himself, but he's got a, a big few months and years ahead of him of training, and he's also got an opportunity to do so because he's headlining the Taz Carnivals, which is back at the end of the year, formerly known as the Christmas Carnivals. It'll be um, across Hobart, Devonport, and Burnie, um, a series of events there for him. Yep. So very exciting. Also got the Cadbury Marathon coming up. Yeah, um, and Point to Pinnacle. And Point to Pinnacle. So if you're an avid runner... <laughs> Like myself, I did the plenty of opportunity. Last year and you did I not. Died. I did. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. You are now my hero. Yeah, that I is amazing. I did the point to you made it the whole way. Yep. That's an epic effort. It's a pretty good effort. That's, that's a great effort. Yeah. Um, 
also probably worth capping off just on the domestic cricket because I haven't talked about cricket enough already. <laughs> uh, the Tasmanian. This is actually a blessing. It means I don't have to tune in at all oh, during the week. So Bales gets it. It's perfect. Yeah. Fill us in, Bales. What happened? Well, How'd w- they go? WNCL. They've played two games, both against Victoria at the Junction Oval in St Kilda. They went. One and one. Or oh, chase 280. They did. The in the, in, yeah. in the first game. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's I not totally tuned out. Nicola Carey. <laughs> I play a character. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola Carey uh, scored 100 in that first game. Villani made hundreds in both games. It was a stellar effort, but they were undone by the Vicks in the second game. Mm. The, bowl, the left arm spin bowling of Day, uh, who took four wickets, really ground them to a halt. Um, and that's pretty much all our news in cricket. Jeevesy, I do want to finish off on one thing that's come across we my Facebook feed we this go. week. I think it was <laughs> oh, in God. 2000, it was five or so years ago, someone's replied to a comment, that old chestnut. The photos come back on my oh, feed. Yes, yes, it, yes. Was a, it was a water truck <laughs> driving onto the ground. I believe it was at Blunston Arena. Either way, it was in a Shield game. Jeevesy's in his full Tassie kit, floppy and all, in the middle of a Shield game, and the water truck has run out a slice of pizza for Jeevesy. So that is a photo. I wish we could show photos. Sadly, we're on radio. Not quite a slice of pizza. It was, a, da- it was, a, it was a Dagwood dog. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Even better. Even Double sauce. So really quickly, it was, it was at Newcastle and it was hot, 37 degrees. Day one. I got through my first seven overs. Didn't go that well. Chris Duvall's the 12th man. Funny man, Chris Duvall's hilarious human being. And so I, I was hungry and I yelled out to, to Big Donk. I said, Get me, can you get me a banana, Dove? Yeah, I'll sort you out, no worries. So he came out of drinks with a Dagwood dog, and so the local paper got a photo of it. It was on oh the back God. page of the paper. and the, the uh, So you originally asked for a banana? In that moment, sure. the, coach, the coach thought it was funny. He thought it was great. But when we got flogged inside three days, we got uh, back and we, we copped it. You're all fat. You're hopeless. Oh, my God. Uh, this picture's a disgrace. And it was the biggest turnaround I've ever seen. That's he thought hilarious. it was amazing when it happened. And then I when need we to lost see that it. photo. Can you text it to me? I'll text it to you. you. Yeah, and if you've got any old Jeevesy content, <laughs> feel free to text it through. Whoever brings, whoever texts in old Jeevesy comment, I'll, I'll consider highly for the cricket In ticket. my defence, I didn't even get to eat the Dagwood dog. Uh, <laughs> Luke Butterworth came in and went, hop, and then, and then Payne went, that go? and oh. I think Dan Marsh ended up kind of... Getting the back end of it. But, a um, shared affair with a Dagwood oh dog in God. Newcastle. What a story. That's really made my day. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to a break. Let's go to so a I break. So I can beat Bailey to a pulp. After this, <laughs> we're going to have Media and Communications Manager Caitlin Barry over at the Jack Jumpers on. Talk us through last night, what's ca- happening tomorrow's game, and obviously what's happening around the state um, for those who can't get to the Jack Jumpers games. Uh, we'll be back after this with Caitlin. It's no secret, greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. GapTaz.org.au Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. That's right, Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves with you for Saturdays in Tassie. Kindly joined by Hobart Hurricanes' Amy Smith. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad. I can't believe um, what you've accomplished so far. So you're only 16, is that right? 17. 17 now. Yeah. Okay. When did you turn 17? Uh, last year. Last so I'm year. Sorry. Year. Okay. But still, oh my God. So your local club's Newtown. This is your second or third season for the Canes? Third. Third. Yes, of course. All right. How exciting. How are you feeling about all of that? Like 17, playing for the Hurricanes. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it's... Um, 
been amazing so far, like a great experience, especially from a young age. So yeah. really keen to go into my third season with the girls. Yeah, and you're only scratching really the surface of your abilities at the moment. You debuted for the Tigers when you were only 14. Um, just amazing. Tell us about how you and the team are feeling um, in this new season and, and how everything's shaping up. Yeah, the um, Hurricanes were feeling pretty good. We've got a pretty strong team this year, so hopefully um, we can do a bit better than our previous years. But I think we've got a pretty solid team that we can perform pretty well against some big teams. Yeah, and how do you manage all of that? Obviously, you've got uh, outside of training and all of that, you'd still have um, your school and your study and all of that kind of stuff. How do you find managing all of that and do you try and take some time away from cricket and do anything else or what's sort of your safe haven? <laughs> um, oh, I don't have that much spare time with yeah. school and cricket. <laughs> um, cricket's pretty flexible and like helps out quite a lot and so is school. So they make it a lot easier but uh, at times it is still very stressful but uh, it's still pretty good. Yeah, I bet. So Amy, t- tell us about your debut game. You're 14 years of age. Uh, who'd you play against? Where was it? Tell us all about it. Uh, it was against WA in Melbourne. I'm not sure the ground but uh, we batted first which was um, pretty nerve-wracking because I, yeah. I did not want to bat and I had to and um, I'd probably rather get it over and done with but... Um, the girls got around me pretty pretty yeah. well and, oh. uh, yeah, it was a special moment. And your figures in the game? Can you, did you take any wickets? I only took the one. Um, yeah. Hey, that's all right. That's all you need. That's all you need. All you need. Yeah. That's all you need. And who, who was the player? How was the – what was the dismissal? I was caught behind uh, Hemshaw, I think. So pretty pumped, you know, got the peel in. So, yeah. you know, yeah. that was pretty good. Was it a was it a was it a, uh, a failed cut shot or was it a genuine leg spinner's dismissal pushing <laughs> forward outside edge of the bat? Um, it definitely wasn't a genuine leg spinner because <laughs> I don't spin it that much. But um, oh, hang on a second. It was probably an inside edge and uh, Georgia Red Bay, who oh, was the keeper catch. at the time. Yeah, perfect. Took it, yeah. And so from there, age fourteen, it, it, it's it's all a bit of a whirlwind for you. You would have gone back to grades eight school at that stage nine. grade nine so you go back to school on Monday on the Monday I'd imagine what's the reception from your schoolmates and teachers you've just played a first class fixture state level cricket at a senior level what sort of reception did you get from the school when you came back mm. yeah they were pretty um pretty supportive they were all the students and that all my friends were like pretty amazed and kept asking me questions, especially probably more about the money. Um, but <laughs> well, yeah, the, the cash is important. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, they were real supportive. They did an announcement on all that, which was pretty cool. That's so nice. Yeah. And how were you introduced to cricket? Were, did your family what, like want you to play as a young age or like your parents get you involved or who got you involved in cricket in the first place? Um, I think it was more my brother. My brother yep. played after my uncle. My uncle's pretty a big cricket fan so yeah. um my brother started playing and I just started filling in for his team so it was always around it um yeah. and then because I started like, oh, playing I'm the actually boys. all right this. yeah I was like oh this isn't this isn't too bad your brother'd so. be spewing you're like oh god my sister's kicking my butt yeah he doesn't play anymore I don't know why but um yeah so I started mainly then played through the boys cricket quite a lot yeah awesome and so why why leg spin you've gone you've gone to the hardest form of the game you know fast bowling off spin bowling all very easy mm. you know batting even but leg spin is the hardest craft uh why why leggies um 
yeah, big regret sometimes. Um, bowling <laughs> it's a hard work. Yeah, a hard work. Um, I mainly got into it just because of Shane Warne. I started watching a bit of cricket and then you know some old cricket games and Shane Warne. I was just like, it's pretty cool, you know, like yeah. how you can set up the game just from bowling this delivery or these type of delivery. So I thought. Um, I'll give it a go. Um, I was definitely a pace bowler back then and I didn't think I was going to change, but yeah, no, I'm glad I did. Yeah, because it is, it is the hardest thing you can do, holly bowling, leg spin. It's, it's yeah. for, for anyone that can't do it, it seems and looks and feels impossible. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, a, it's a unique skill to have uh, and you've been doing it really well. The start of the season, uh, none for 35, one for 33. How, how, how did the ball come out for you? Yeah, all right. I think there's definitely some improvements um, for my behalf, but I was happy I could, um, you know, have a impact in the game. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with how it's coming out so far. And what, what's the general feedback from the coaches for you? I mean, you're you're a young leg spinner, 17, and you know one of the challenges with leg spin it's about physical development. Uh, we spoke about Nivy before, the young mm. uh, male spinner, 19, yeah. and so. When you develop physically, you'll get more revs, you'll get more drifts, you'll have a little bit more height. Um, is is the challenge for you staying patient? And and you know, at seventeen, you you probably hit your peak at twenty five. That's eight years away. It's a, it's a real challenge. <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely the patient game right now. So uh, just you know, taking it easy, um, making sure I progress naturally, and hopefully you know, pick up some things now and then. But I'm staying patient, so because it's pretty hard craft at times. Um, the worst thing is to get mad at yourself and it probably won't go well from there. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Holly, uh, you made a great point before around what you do outside of cricket and school. Do you, do you have a good balance? Because it, it, it can it can be a real mm. challenge, you know, finding that balance, ensuring that you're not too focused on your cricket or too focused on your school. You've got to have that outlet. What are you, what are you trying to do in that space? Oh, I'm just mainly catching out with friends, you know, times I miss, so... Um, mainly friends or family or just some downtime to myself. So we don't have heaps of time, especially uh, coming up to the cricket season. So it's a bit hard to find uh, spare time. But the teammates are pretty good as well to be supportive and understandable to get around me and all that. So they're also really key. And, we, and with, with school, is the plan to get to uni or you, you, you kind of get through to year 12 and reassess after that? What's, what's your long-term plan as far as you know, life away from cricket? Um, definitely reassess after year 12, uh, might have a gap year or might not, uh, depending on how I'm feeling and if I want to juggle cricket Mm. and school for, um, or have a break. So, um, our player development manager, I'll have a talk to her, uh, see how I feel. So, um, I'm more looking to the gap year. That would be yeah. more, more <laughs> enjoyable. Just don't extend it for 10 years, that it. gap yeah. year. Please, please, Might please. Might go up to two, maybe three. <laughs> no, 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 Maybe no. you'll play cricket somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, don't so, do it, yeah. please. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the one thing that I had 10 years in the system and I wish, because I had a 10-year gap year, you know, I finished year 12 and just and never went back to school. It's the biggest blunder I've ever made. So, And I'm sure the, the, the way the modern games change is that you are getting really good guidance around if it's not uni, it's some work or it's uh, some, uh, it might be a TAFE course or, you know, please, please do something, um, you know, to, <laughs> to support yourself so you don't get out at 28 and, or 29 or 30 and you, and you have nothing to go to. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll let me have a 10-year. Good. I hope. Please. <laughs> if the player development back. manager's listening, please, please, anyone out there listening that wants to be a professional athlete, have a plan B. It's a, it's a real Oh, must. yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
It's pretty big. I always find it so in, inspiring to chat um, to especially young people making it in sport, but young females in particular. It's amazing what you've achieved and, and where you're heading. And we can't wait to see what you do this season and what you do beyond that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll be cheering you on. I'll be getting down um, and watching you for sure. And, um, yeah, I just can't wait to see how you go. So you'll have to – you need to come and, and join us back on the show as well. Now that Definitely. you've been on, you'll have to keep coming back. Wait, um, just before we go, how much media – do you do is this is this new for you the the the, the media scene or you're a bit of an old hand from 14 you've kind you've of been doing interviews a, you've and done a bit here and there um i know well when i was younger i definitely avoided it because <laughs> probably would be the worst thing uh, for me but um progressively you know going to do new things so this is first time for me but right okay oh, well geez, we wouldn't I, have known i, I just assumed that you yeah this was like the fourth one this morning yeah. you've done so nah, you're uh, credit to you right? you've already. got a real future yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really exciting absolutely. congratulations so far right. and as i said the stay patient 25 is your gonna be your peak year so um yeah good luck yeah everyone listening you've got to go d- get down support the girls support the canes um and obviously our our friend amy smith now that you're a friend of the show we've just claimed you so you'll be back <laughs> awesome <laughs> thank you so much thank for you joining for having us. me Thanks, amy. live across tasmania on 1629 sen tassie and streaming live on the sen app welcome to saturdays in tassie for Taz Racing, racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you Saturdays in Tassie. How good was Amy? First ever interview. I know, I, I, you wouldn't know. I found that really hard to believe. She's yeah, a, an she absolute really pro, well. yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to go and watch the girls. Well, what's so what's really exciting for Amy is the... You know, is that she's so far from her peak as a as a cricketer? Yeah. Um. So she's you know putting in some 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 great results at the moment, bowling really well. I uh, had a great year last year at sixteen. Uh, what does what does the world look like for Amy Six at twenty four, twenty five? I know, and she's she, already hopefully she, so much. she sticks with it and 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 progresses, and yeah, I think she's you know destined for higher honours. It's very yeah, exciting for her. It's really exciting. You How imagine can... getting a paycheck at fourteen for a professional cricket match? I know. <laughs> I reckon I might amazing. have just got my first job at Boost. Yeah. Well, the fact that you had a job at 14 is impressive. Maybe, I yeah, could... around that age. Maybe even 15. It's it amazing. might not have even been that young. Yeah, she's a star. That was excellent. Yeah, and just so um, so humble, so nice. I'm just so – I'm excited. And it's so exciting to meet people like that, so talented in your state too. You really root for them and you're like wow, – And truly, league spin is – it's the devil's creation. It yep. is the hardest skill to master in cricket. And I love that she cricket. did it because she loves Took it morning. on, yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? Pretty so cool. So special. Very cool. Now, Jeevesy, we need to talk about Essendon because Ooh. we actually haven't spoken about this off air um, and I want to get your thoughts on everything that's happening. Obviously, Andrew Thorburn was appointed as Essendon CEO on Monday um, and then we saw him resign on Tuesday after um, sermons by the City on a Hill Church uh, were revealed of which he is chairman. And all those sermons obviously were made public. Um, he was told he couldn't hold the position while simultaneously being chair of the City on the Hill Church, which has published anti-gay and anti-abortion views in the past. Um Essendon President David Byram confirmed Thorburn was unwilling to resign from his position at the church, instead opting opting to quit as CEO of the Bombers, which has obviously, um, you know, thrown – this has been thrown into the media. Lots of people having their own says and opinions about this. What – what? I guess what do you think about <laughs> well, this situation? How's the, how's the lack of research into who they're employing? Mm. That – 
that's the that that's an enormous concern I think for for, yeah. for Essen and the lack of due diligence on what their values are and and they're they're employing their most senior leader what are his values and and mm. and do they align that's one of the first questions you should ask in any recruitment um, process yep. so that that that's just a huge failure on on that front I'm not sure um, yeah the, the the board have just butchered that completely yep. um, and. Everyone's entitled to their to their space, and if um, if his religion takes him down that path, and he's a believer in that, then that's he he can do that. That's fine. But what it, what it does do is it potentially limits you as far as you know which organisations you can align to, or will share those um, mm. share those same values and beliefs. Yeah. Um, because it just doesn't it just doesn't hold up in in the in in the modern day. I guess. Part of, part of the challenge is that uh, there was a young lass that, that refu- through her religious beliefs refused to wear the pride jumper. Mm. Um, her name escapes me, but she hasn't had to resign. She hasn't had to stand down. Um, she'll be a part of um, part of the very next round. I, I, I would be, I would think. And so you can understand also from from that side of things. Okay, well, where where does the where does the discrimination line start to Mm. start to become apparent um and but yeah i I think most importantly essen should never have put themselves in in a position where uh there was a lack of alignment on on values up front Mm. um because if if they hadn't if they hadn't how did they not know that well this is what i don't understand And, and and part of part of the confusion as well is around um uh andrew thorburn's Involvement in initially in being a part of the recruitment process of the new CEO. So my understanding is that he was he was leading that 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 process, mm. and then you know would have spoken to an abundance of people about the role, and then has kind of ended up in the position himself. It's that yep. that that in itself is is quite unethical um, and yeah. and, of, and of huge concern. So um, you know, I've I've been I would say lucky enough to have worked in in recruitment. I really enjoyed it, and it, and it taught me a lot about process and communication and mm. and the importance of it. And one of the things you can't do is run a process and and you know end up in in the candidates pool. <laughs> like you just yeah. you just don't do it. Um, so it does it does raise an enormous amount of questions for the Essendon Football Club and mm. and also the um, the presidency of David Burham, who's you know led the spill. Has got his way and has mm. just butchered it time after time. Press, press conferences have been poor. The decision making has been poor. I will mm. say that I, I think they've got the appointment of Brad Scott right. Um, I think that's. I agree. Yeah. He, he was the safest coaching candidate they could find. Yeah. I think you bring in an Uze, you, you, you've you've got that inexperience as a bit of a question mark. Mm. Um, you know, a, a, a Ross Lyon brings his own set of. Um, challenges who who withdrew early from that process, but Brad Brad Scott's a great appointment, safe mm-hmm. appointment. But then the board, you know, kind of butcher it again through the Kevin Sheedy quotes. Like they they, they need to hit the reset button big time. Yeah. New board, completely new executive team. Maybe a bit of media training. <laughs> Some media training. Start from scratch and and go. Oh, let's 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 yeah. rewrite our mission statement. What do we stand for? Yeah. What are our values? And let's find people who align to that 
um, and make sure Ask with a bit of research, with a bit of research, yeah. that that we've got the right people. Mm. It's a, it's a just a remarkable set of circles. I cannot believe mm. in the modern day an organisation could could be so poorly run, because mm. um, that is in any recruitment process, it's the first question you have to ask: Does this person align? To our vision and our values, and if they don't, that they cannot be part of your well, team. Not a candidate, yeah. Mm. It's interesting. Employment lawyers are split on whether um, Andrew Thorburn has a case for unlawful dismissal after he was forced to choose between the job and his role at the church, um, which has obviously yes yeah, sparked a massive debate. He says, um, concerningly, many messages expressed genuine worry for jobs and employment prospects due simply to faith. This is what he said in the statement. And he said, It is troubling that faith or association with the church, mosque, synagogue or temple could render a person immediately unsweeted to holding a particular role. That is a dangerous idea, one that will only reduce tolerance for others and diversity of thought and participation in our community and workplaces. And he makes a point. Mm. Uh, re- you know, to, to be, to, whilst they're not my beliefs and yeah. I hold no... And not my beliefs either. But hold I, no affiliation yeah. to any religion, but... He is one hundred percent right, and but the, the the blunder is they should never have appointed him. Mm. Yeah, how and did they? Would how, be in this situation. how did they not know? So he yeah. is right. You can't appoint me, and then two days later find this out, mm. and then make me choose. Mm. Make me choose at the start before yeah. you actually have me sign the contract. Yeah, and and that is, I think that is going to be a problem. Now, ultimately, it will come down to um to, to where Andrew Thorburn wants to wants to take this. Mm. Legally, but uh, you know, I, I think common sense would suggest that he's he's got he's every he's got, got every he's hands, got a case. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But the SM Football Club should never have put themselves in that position where, mm. you know, the, the the day after they've had him sign the contract and announced him as a new CEO. Mm. I mean, I, I I saw on Twitter um, a heap of Essendon supporters completely up in arms. I'm cancelling my membership and and really high profile. Uh, there was a really high profile MP came out, I'm cancelling, everyone needs to come with me, this is a disgrace, this guy should never have been appointed as our leader, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, yeah, eight hours later, he's out, mm. resigned. So it's an enormous blunder. And I think what it needs to do is the, the part of the outcome of this has to be um, David Barham has to stand down, uh, Kevin Sheedy needs to move on, and they need a reset. Mm. They need to, They need to. you know... Completely put their past of uh, the the water bands and the people who are associated with that. Anyone associated with this decision needs to go out to the left, and they need to bring some new people in over the top, complete and rewrite a completely new, new a new history for themselves because mm. uh, the last ten years has been a debacle. Well, a lot of the uproar on Twitter has been, um, yeah, like you say, members that are of faith of the Catholic faith going oh well am I, is it not a place for me anymore it's just this so could have been avoided mm. like, don't appoint him it's quite quite embarrassing like that they didn't um, no yeah. who did who researched this I'm not sure well <laughs> one, who's I mean quick, the hate one quick little bloody um, LinkedIn you know search you probably would have found but it, it or, d- I don't know it's it, not that hard it does make you wonder the the, the role of HR in these organisations because HR is the lead in should be the lead in all recruitment processes, yeah. and they should have complete control over. So, if Andrew Thorburn is brought in as the headhunter or the person to, to help lead mm. the search, and and is well credentialed to do that, whilst totally, his history yeah. with NAB is uh, c- concerning, and he's you know kind of under reviews and different things has has paid a bit of a price for that. Yeah, but his experiences and um, 
you know, him being a, a member and a supporter of Essendon, it puts him in a good position to make a call on, on the right person. So you can understand him having some level of involvement. Mm. But that needs to be alongside the HR team. Yeah, It's not him off on his own and then I, I'm not sure who's allowed him to be a part of it and then have himself as a candidate and then win and then win the job. Yeah. Like who who's sitting alongside that? What are the support mechanisms off to the left here to say Yeah. No, hang on a second. This is probably it's well, it's unethical. Um it, and and it, it also means that without the support mechanisms off to the side that we don't have any research. So the board mm. must have just made that decision. Someone's made that decision and removed HR from the process because mm. there's no way that any that any HR that, yeah. professional is allowing that to slide. Yeah, it's just not happening. Mm. So the yeah, the, I, I think the HR. My guess, this is my straight guess, reading between the lines. HR have been offed. Yeah, and it's been a it's been a boys' club of kind of decision making, mm. which doesn't work. Mm. It's an interesting one. I'd be interested to see how this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I what don't a, know. what a scenario! Like what a, I know. So yeah, just so avoidable. So avoidable. Mm. Anyway, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, he could very well take legal action now, and it just over two days all this happened. <laughs> it's it's absolutely oh goodness, it's me. it's astounding. But what what does it what does it mean for Brad Scott? I mean, he's mm. he's taken on the role last week, uh, and then all this has taken place. Is he now questioning whether or not it was the right call? Yeah. Um, hopefully, he he gets some some clean air, and they can separate mm. football decisions, and and he's allowed just to 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 run you know total. Um, yeah, has total authority over the football department, and he brings in his own people. And you know, yeah. because I think at North Melbourne, he's a pretty good coach, had a pretty good record, couple of prelims, and and you know took North Melbourne had a had a really good run under Brad Scott. Yeah, it's um, so a really safe choice. And then I think we spoke last week. He brings in all that um, AFL. Uh, IP from his role, totally. um, yeah. information about you know, salaries and contracts and who's yeah. under the cap, over the cap. Um, he's got all, all, the, all that, all that uh, club intel that that he can use, and um, it went from being a, a, a good decision, one that should have been celebrated, the Kevin Sheedy mm, oh, undermining it, care. to now this. I mean, he just didn't really need to say that. He right? didn't need like, to. Just... No, he didn't. And I know oh. that that's Kevin's bag, oh. but. You know, to to have Kevin on your board, and even even that's pretty rough, isn't it? But even when you go back a step, and he so the Clarkson scenario, so Essendon spoke Essendon had spoke to Clarkson, mm. uh, spoken to Clarkson, and then on radio in Adelaide, um, Kevin Sheedy mocked Alistair Clarkson. Mm. I should go to North Melbourne and take him down to Tassie where they belong. You know, it's just. What are you doing, Kevin? Yeah. You're on the board. You're waiting for this guy to respond to your request oh. to have him as your coach, and you're off bagging him publicly. Yeah. But it's not 1972. You can't hide that. Yeah. You can't hide that public roasting yeah. on a radio station. No. It's, uh, they're, they're just in a world of strife, the Bombers. It just seems, yeah, it's a bit of a dog's breakfast. They can't help themselves. <laughs> oh, we'll see what happens in the in the coming days, I suppose. Bizarre. I keep, my, uh, keep my eye on Twitter. Uh, we're going to go to a short break now, but after that, Jeezy, we've got to start talking about the trade. There's so much going on. Um, we'll uncover all of that after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. 
for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. With you this morning, as always, doing it for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today, gaptaz.org.au. Jeevesy, so much happening in trade world. It's always a busy time of the year. Of course, I've got to address being a, a Kanga supporter. I've got to address... <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Yeah, I think you guys are out of the comp with Essendon. Tazzy oh. in, Bombers and, and the, and the Roo, stinky Roos are out. Obviously, the Roos have confirmed <laughs> that Jason Horn francis has requested a trade to South Australia. I mean, we always knew this was coming, right? Um, this comes less than 12 months, obviously, after the Kangaroos selected him. With pick one in the national draft, um, Port boss Chris Davies on Monday confirmed that he 100% wanted to join the power, um, but the Kangaroos might hold him to his contract. Don't know what's going to happen there yet. Or they might work hard to cash in on the South Australian um, products value this off-season to ensure it receives the best possible compensation for Jason. Um, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide and West Coast were still keeping hopes alive of completing their three-way deal. Um, this confuses me a little bit, but the complex trade would see North Melbourne pick net pick two and another player, another pick or player, Port end up with Jason Horn francis and Junior Rioli and West Coast gain pick eight and a future first-round pick after splitting their pick two. This is a... D- <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look, the the problem with, with the trade market at the moment, the, the trade week, is that this is player power gone too far, way too far. So Jason Horn francis is a number one pick, mm. recruited as an absolute gun, better than Nick Dacos. Mm-hmm as far as draft order goes. And North Melbourne, whilst father-son, they didn't bother bidding on Nick Dacos because mm. they, they have said publicly, we believe that Jason Horn francis was our guy. And I think in, in that moment, everyone agreed. Mm. Unfortunately, what's, what, what happens in the AFL at the moment is that player power, you can request a trade at any time and you can choose one club mm. and your club has to deal with that one club exclusively. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Mm. North Melbourne will never get equal value for Jason Horn francis by being able to negotiate with one club. Mm. If Jason Horn francis is so desperate to get back to Adelaide and be at home, he should be willing to play for Adelaide as well. So at the very least, then North Melbourne have two clubs that they can leverage against. Mm. By by dealing with one club, who are, who, who are Port Adelaide negotiating against? So they're, they're always going to try and get Jason Horn francis for as little as possible. Yeah. couple of draft picks, pick eight in the future. That's, that's all we're giving you. If you, want it, if you want to get rid of him, you want to lose your culture problem, you're, you are going to take this deal. Mm. In an open market, like in almost every other sporting, professional sporting competition uh, in the world, the NBA, great example, um, Jason Horn, you know, North Melbourne would send an email out to all clubs. We're looking to trade. Jason Horn Francis is on the block. Send us your best offers. Mm. Send us your best offers, and we'll we will send him whoever provides us the best offer. Mm. Essendon will ring and say we'll give you pick six, two future firsts, and we'll send you Kyle Langford and mm. Jai Caldwell because mm. that's that would be the open market value of a of a number one draft pick. But in this instance, North Melbourne will never get back fair value. And it's the same as Jack Bowes going to, choosing to go to Geelong. Such was their mismanagement of his contract. They have to give away pick seven for someone to take him. In an open market, again, they send an email to all the clubs. Jack Bowes is on the, on the, on the trade block. We're happy to attach pick seven um, as, a, as a carrot to take this bad salary. Mm. Send us your, your, your best offers. 
and there would be future first rolling in. We'll give you a future first. We'll give you a young player. We'll send you a young Brisbane Gold Coast person that wants to get back and play or you know, is missing home. Mm. Instead, they're going to get picked 38 from Geelong. And again, it doesn't represent fair value in the open yeah. market. It's, it's so completely flawed. And, and clubs who are losing players for the go-home factor, GWS is, a, is another yeah. example. They're going to lose Taranta Hoppo, who, Hoppo, Hopper, who they've, they've Hopper. spent an enormous, you know, like so yeah. many years in their development. What a waste of time for, for you know, some more draft picks mm. who inevitably in five years' time will want to go back to Melbourne anyway. Yeah. So, again, if it's open market... Taranto could be sent to to anywhere and it's going to be a flurry of players and picks because he's that good. Mm. Instead, he goes to Richmond for two first-round draft picks that aren't that flash. Yeah. It just isn't. The, the, the system is so it's completely right, flawed. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and for as long as the system's like this, GWS and Gold Coast in particular, um, is is it's going to be an enormous challenge for them mm. to compete. He's copped a fair bit of flack for this Um Jason Horn Francis about wanting to to go home and and all of that, but I suppose the first, I mean, obviously his first year at North has been far from ideal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I he's mean, gone about just, it all that well uh, himself. I mean, you're a North supporter, you degrees, copped a suspension for you know not, oh, yeah. not getting through his uh, ice bath and yeah, um, it's you know I think he had a he had a stint in Adelaide where he shouldn't have and he didn't tell anyone and yeah. he has he hasn't helped himself no. uh, along the way but even still if it's open market um, there is a club out there that would pay a lot of picks and good young prospects to North Melbourne uh, to have him as a player and mm. uh, and it's an enormous problem until they fix that um, Geelong will, will continue to top up I mean they're going to end up with Tanner Bruin Jack Bowes pick seven they look like getting Ollie Henry um, yeah, they'll lose um, uh, the big ruckman, Sava. Mm. Um, but you know, it's uh, the, the the way it currently stands. So the, technically, the North flawed. could hold him to contract, but obviously they're not going to do that. Right? Yeah, but then he walks in free agency, and I think they yeah. get one pick compensation. Yeah. Um. So that to be fair, you put in in the current system, if Port Adelaide are only willing to give pick eight in a future first, mm. they kind of have to take it. Because they run the risk of losing him, losing him for nothing. Poor North. Well, it is. It's and it is. It's a. It's an absolute catastrophe for list management. We really don't need this right now. No, okay. No, you, you do not need we it. We don't right have a now. coach right now. I'm not right? even sure there's anyone negotiating on your behalf at the moment. Port Adelaide trying to get hold of the ruse. There's oh. no one there. <laughs> I mean, I know there's always stuff going on in footy and, and most sporting codes, but it just seems like there's so much going on with the AFL it right is, now. Yeah, it's Like, obviously, it's trade, then there's everything going on at Essendon, then there's Clarko and Fagan, and then there's this. And I'm like, oh, like, when has there been so much just... It, you are right. It has been an active month. going on. Post the, post the final series, it, it kind of hasn't stopped. Has it ever been this hectic? Like... I'm sure it has, but wow, it feels. I, I, I kind of wish they would delay the trade period a little bit. Well, it's just straight. It's finals footy straight done. In straight in. Who done. won the flag trade. again? John. Not sure. Yeah. Who knows? Really forgot. Who won last <laughs> year's flag? You, you know, and because know. and because the focus shifts immediately into uh, trade week and and speculation around it, and then there's a mm. couple of weeks of trade week and. And then you're kind of into the um, into the into the next season and, and the excitement around who you traded for or who you didn't get. 
I think at the end of the season, there needs to be a month of let's just breathe a little bit. You know, mm. Let's enjoy, reflect on the season, celebrate mm. Geelong's premiership. Let's hear more good stories about Selwood and their culture. And let's do that for a little yeah. longer. Because it was a great season. It was so good. Yeah, but the, the entire season was competitive. The final yeah. eight structure was tight the whole year. Um, all of that's forgotten through the events of mm. um, trade, you know, the, the, the immediacy of trade week. Mm. How are your Hawks going? Uh, we're pretty silent. I think the Hawks are, we might end up like the Roost. Oh, no, no one's going to end the ta- up like the The Tassie Roos. teams are um, the Tassie oh, teams aren't, aren't going that well. But uh, I mean, I see. Um, Get us the Tassie Devils already. Chris Fagan and both Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson have come out and, and denied the the, the allegations mm. that were made against them. Yeah. So there'll be an investigation there. The the, the families that made the allegations don't want to be part of the investigation. Um, so. Who, who knows where that ends up? That's going to be a, a long road. and But what it does do for your ruse, it means that you're without a coach until that's sorted through, which is really unfair on you guys. And he was meant to start November, November 1st. November 1, yeah. Yeah, my birthday. Yeah, I think he's I think he's been active, though. Has he? has been in meetings with AFL and compensation picks. And I believe so. I think he's been pretty active, but... um. Yeah, I mean, his, his time is right now, trade week, you know, yeah. identifying, using his relationships and... You we know, should have asked Sholey last week if he would step in. I'm not sure. Sholey didn't sound that keen on it, to be honest. I'm not sure he wants to be in the Sholey, can you in just the melting pot co- of coach out. <laughs> professional. How good was he? It was so good to have uh, him. Um, was so much fun. You know what's funny about that? I had a beer that night with um, Simon Wiggins, former Colton player, Tassie, mm-hmm. and, and I said to him that we'd spoke to, to Sholey uh, that morning, and he just he went on this 10-minute rant of – how good Sholey was as a player oh, and so how unlucky nice. he was with through different things. And, I'll have to um, tell him that. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, he was a gun, absolute Aww. gun. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, interesting. Oh, my God, I've, we've got some texts coming in. I just got one. Um, David, I remember taking Newtown's Blast program many years ago when Amy was eight or nine and after running one session ringing Cricket Taz and saying, oh, hang on. Lose, now I'm losing the how's, how's our technology going uh, today? <laughs> um, Cricket Taz and saying we have Newtown's next homegrown stage player. They said, what's his name? I said, Amy Smith. She's better than the boys. How cool is that? David wins a family pass. David definitely wins a family pass to the cricket. We'll, uh, we'll definitely get the get tickets his way. I'll tell you who doesn't need a family pass is Amy Smith. She, she's out there oh, playing. Mate. She's killing them. She was unbelievable. Yeah. Then uh, we've got Flash from Latrobe said he... He who won't be named is now known as Judas Horn Francis. <laughs> Family pass. Family pass to Flash from Latrobe. Those are those are good texts, actually. That's good banter. Family passes for everyone. All the family. Uh, we'll go to a short break now, and after this, we're going to get into obviously my favourite segment, as you know, DVZ Hot or Not. We'll be live across Tasmania on sixteen twenty nine SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. For Taz Racing, racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right. Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you this morning. Now we've got to do my favourite segment, Hot or Not, for Heart Sports Drinks. Heart Sports Drinks, distinctly Tasmanian, hydration, energy, recovery. Um, We need to get to the first one. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Andrew Thorburn, resignation, hot or not? <laughs> this is a this is a difficult one because it's. Uh, I think they've they're definitely in for a legal situation. Mm. They should never have signed him. It's um. 
It's a hot. It's a. It's yeah. hot in it. It's hot it's in it. Hot it's not. It's hot in it. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's hot. I think purely because he just they should just never have signed him as the mm. CEO. Someone need to do the research. So I think. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to change this because okay. the resignation <laughs> is not hot because they should nah, never have signed him. Yeah. In the start, should they? No. Nah. No. So I'm the fact you. that he's resigned. You know what's what's not is the the process in which the process is not is not hot. Oh, it's a what a raging clustery mess. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. I'm going to go for you, Jason, because you're the North supporter mm. and spokesman of all things North. Yeah. Spokeswoman of sure. all things North. Yep. Jason Horn Francis trade. Sorry, Judas Horn Francis oh, trade. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> is it getting done? Yeah, it'll get done. Hot. Yeah, I think so. Um, Hot and wet. Much to no good if you're in the jungle. Good. <laughs> the button's going. So what's the what? What does the trade look like? I don't see this the three way trade with the Eagles I don't going think down. That, no, I don't see that going down. I think West Coast would be mad to part part with their. They'd have to part with pick two. Mm. Oh, I just want him to stay. Right. This is so sad. I think you need to. If it was an open market. Trade him and get as much as you can, and mm. you'd be thrilled with with what you would get back. Because, mm. like I said, in the NBA open trade market, pick one gets you gets you the business. Gets you good stuff. Gets you the business yeah. in this current situation. And that's what we need. You need all the business. We really do. You need the picks. You need the players. You need Clarko. Yeah. You need his staff. I think you still need a new CEO. Yep. Hot or not, Andrew Thorburn as the next North Melbourne CEO. <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> don't comment. Not probably not. a big not. Yep. Um, what about uh, Jack Jumpers to beat Brisbane tomorrow? Oh, it's probably not. Yeah. Not Baines. Clappers that might be staying away. Aaron Baines has looked good. Tyler Johnson's a gun. Played in the NBA. Mm. Point guard for the Heat. Uh, yep. He's a serious basketball player. So. He's gonna he's gonna cause some serious issues tomorrow defensively for the Jack Jumpers. They they need to get hot. The jumpers, don't they? They cannot get the ball in the hole. Yeah. Um, so they, they need to find a way. I hope they surprise us tomorrow. I really do. You want one more? Jack Jumpers second year blues? Mm. <laughs> it's too early to tell. Oh, sad, but it's shaping it's, up that way. No, but it's too early. It's Come just on, it's too early like to tell. It's just like it, though. They haven't, they haven't they looked the same. Just, they're just finding I hope their, so. I think they're just finding their feet. I Scott so. Roth had said that you know, they're taking learnings from this. I think it's just a bit of a what do you call it? Yeah, um, it's a transition. Yes, it's a transition. That's the word I was looking for. It needs to. I'm not calling second year blues yet. Let's hold off on that negativity. Okay, well, I'm happy to. Yep, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I want positivity. I want the clappers out tomorrow. I want everyone. To... <laughs> no clappers. Loud, you I'm have still... you got your tights yet? Well, I actually had to. I had to miss the first game because. Oh, what? oh yeah, you had migraine. The clap, the, the very thought of the clappers mm. gave me a migraine. Yeah. Just hearing them from last year was enough to set me off. I had the, they were going crazy. I, I, I was in I was in the dark room watch and I watched and it was yeah it was miserable. Yeah, I mean first game despite obviously the loss, which is which good second half comeback. Yes, um, but the atmosphere was unbelievable. There was not a... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the first game of the season. No, there no, a, sorry, yeah, no, no, no. Um, first home game is yeah. what I meant. Um, I, I was there, obviously, down at my state bank, and there was not an empty seat in the whole place. Mm. Everyone was up on their feet. It'll be like that all year. It'll be a it sellout. Everyone, everyone's right behind it still, even if there are the second-year blues. 
Mm. Everyone's on board the Jack Trumpers. Yeah. There's no concerns We're there. not calling second-year blues yet. I said even if there are second-year okay. blues. Yeah, emphasis on the if. We'll see. Anyway, let's see how they go tomorrow. I'll be there. You'll be there. It'll be good fun. We'll be there. See how we go. All right. We'll go to a short break now, and we'll be back after this. We are going to discuss uh, tomorrow's game. See what we think. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. For Taz Racing, racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right. Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you. Nearing on 10 o'clock. We're getting closer. We've flown through the show today. Yeah, Time flies when you're having fun. It's been a quick one, that's for sure. And um, you still haven't received your Taz gas tights, have you? I forgot to ask you before. Well, they're coming... Yeah, they're being made. <laughs> I'm actually I'm thinking about quitting, to be honest. What? I just feel like this mental disintegration that, that yourself and Bailey have decided oh. to take upon me is... Oh, come on. It's a little unfair. I feel bullied. I was really excited and, um, to see you out there on the court. <laughs> I'm excited to get to tomorrow's game. It's going to um, be good fun. I love watching... I love watching... NBA talent and and Tyler Johnson and I know you know we're we're, we're team Jack Jumpers so yes but uh, anyone that's heading along tomorrow or will be tuning in will will see a legitimate NBA player in yep. Tyler Johnson he's smooth good jump shot um, he's had he had a stint with Brooklyn as well I think he kind of bounced around a bit at the back end but um, yeah he's a he's a proper basketballer and Aaron yeah you know, we know Aaron Baines' story great comeback from uh, a fall that. That saw him learning to walk again, yeah, uh, which was just quite remarkable. So for him to to rebuild himself the way he has is mm. is a it's a special achievement. So that that on its own to get back to playing professional basketball is is absolutely huge. But and and you know what's even sadder? He's the type of big guy that the Jack Jumpers could really use. Yeah, sets a he sets a huge. <laughs> we need that right now. He sets a huge screen. Um, he's a huge body. He always releases his guards into space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either if uh, if the if the chasing guard goes under, um, there's space for the uh, for the guard to to shoot, or if the you know he slams them, they release to the basket. He's a he's a serious present presence. And at the back end of his career, certainly in the NBA, he was a he was a, a three point threat. Mm. Um, he had a he had a, a brief stint with Phoenix that got him a huge contract to Toronto where he, he probably didn't play his best basketball, but um, he, he was shooting above 40% um, for, for Phoenix, oh, wow. rebounding at a high level, um, yep. setting these, you know, the huge screens. And the Jack Jumpers could really use a player like him because offensively they're in a, a major rut. Um, they're having defensive lapses where, um, you know, teams are scoring heavily on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some uh, there, there's some some concerns there early. I think for the Jack Jumpers. Anyway, hey, you never know. We might get the win tomorrow. There's always let's a hope. Tomorrow. Let's hope. So they they will definitely need as many people there as they can Absolutely. cheering them on. Absolutely. And we spoke um, to Christine at the Jack Jumpers about this last week. If you can't get down um, to the game, if you didn't manage to get a seat, there's though um, the Jack Jumpers have set up screens around the state as well. Jump on the website and go have a look because it's such a cool idea, right? You like going to the movies, but you're watching the basketball. Perfect. Great. Popcorn and basketball. Popcorn, basketball. Chop top. Can't Yum. miss.
Yeah. Now yeah. t- tomorrow, tomorrow is a massive game. And I, yeah. you know, it's those old footy analogies early in the season. It's a must win, you know, oh, yeah. b- because if you go zip, zip and four, yeah. um, I'm sure that there's a statistic out there that says it, it becomes increasingly difficult to to climb your way back from from four ga- four games deep. Um, they obviously made a huge run at the back end of last year, finishing 15 and five, but. Yeah. Uh, you, you you don't want to be relying on having to claw games back yeah, um, like hard. that late in the season. Um, but Definitely. with Magne Steindl and McDaniel yet to come back in, yeah. um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It's still too early, all right? Positivity, jack jumpers, get your clappers out tomorrow. Everyone get down That to was the Taz Racing jack jumpers there. update. That was. That was the Taz Racing update. Thanks for doing that for You're me. welcome because you completely missed it. <laughs> it's no secret greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. Gaptaz.org.au will be back after this. It's no secret greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. Gaptaz.org.au Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. That's right, Saturdays in Tassie, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you this morning. We're about to get out of here though, but before we do... Some good texts on the text line today. I think my personal favourite um, was, from, <laughs> was Judas. From, yes, from Flash. <laughs> he who won't be named is now known as Judas Horn Francis. I did like that. That was pretty good. It's a little um, mean, but was, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot mean actually. Yeah, it's, it's a bit mean, but anyway. Um, and then another one from Jez. As a dog supporter, I'd absolutely take pick four for Dunkley and wouldn't need two first rounders. Top 10 picks, especially top five, are gold. Once you're outside the top 10, it gets trickier to get it right. Not wrong. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree. Anyway. Well, good to see you this morning, Holly. Yeah, it's been Great good to fun. see Amy Smith. She was a gun. She was a gun. Sad we couldn't get the uh, the Jack Jumpers uh, media last on Caitlin Barry. That next was, week. We'll get it next week. That's okay. Go Jackies tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Saturdays in Tassie. We're out of here.